What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimwing here with y'all. As always, coming to you, coming to y'all from Louisville, Kentucky. Another Blackatology focused podcast today. And before we get to that, though, first and foremost, want to remind y'all you can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast. You can also watch on YouTube as well. Remember to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button where you can. All of those ways help us grow the show. Also, do want to mention a couple of the midweek games that have gone down thus far. Uh, well, actually, the only two that have gone down uh, this week on this Holy Week. Uh, not many midweek games to speak of. Did have two on uh, Tuesday, or here on Tuesday night. And first and foremost, you know, most important one, Yale beating Boston U 17-14. to This was a 3-3 game at the end of the first. Huge, huge second quarter for Yale. Outscoring the Bulldogs, excuse me, outscoring the Terriers seven to one in that contest. Um, you know, Yale had come into this game obviously lost to Cornell, lost to Princeton, lost to Penn, had given up an average of twenty goals in each of those losses and an average of eleven in the first half. Tuesday night, however, the Bulldogs held Boston U to just four first. Half goals. They win seventeen to fourteen in that contest. That includes just the one goal there in the first quarter, as well. Uh, you had Matt Brandau six points off three goals and three assists. Chris Lyons with the same stat line there for the Bulldogs as well. Leo Johnson had five points off four goals and one assist. Thomas Bragg netted a hat trick and had a assist as well, and it really was that second quarter push there for Yale. Now, Boston U does score each of the final, I think it was the four goals of this game, to make it close. Um, you know, and, and look, Boston U outscored Yale 10-7 to in the second half alone. But, you know, look at the, the box score, and if you watch this game, you know, with 8.41 remaining, this was a 17-9 game. It was another game, you know, second time in two years, where Yale has just turned on the Jets against Boston U, offensively speaking. Um, and the final's a bit closer this year, but it easily could have been a similar situation to last Season, Vince DeAlto had six goals and one assist there to lead the way for Boston U in this contest. Um, you did see, was it at the faceoff dot, uh, Nicholas Ramsey, 18 for 28 there against Connor Calderon, I thought was uh, significant and really helped Yale in that first half get out to the lead that they did. Jared Parquette, 13 saves overall in this contest, Yale moves to play Dartmouth on Saturday. 
and Boston U moves to play uh, Loyola at home on Saturday in a big Patriot League battle. St. Joseph's also played on Tuesday, uh, this Tuesday night, beating Monmouth 13-3 in a game that, I mean, it was 6-3 at half. Uh, St. Joseph's runs away with it uh, in the second half, a 7-0 run to end the contest, and uh, that is that. Cardo Page, six goals, one assist for seven points to lead the Hawks' offense. Scott McMillan, 11 saves in cage there. The one bright spot for Monmouth in this game was Matt Sutar. He went 9 for 19 at the dot. That's 47%. And he held Zach Cole to 8 for 17. That's also 47%. So very significant performance there at the dot from Matt Sutar and Monmouth. St. Joseph travels to St. Bonaventure on Saturday. Monmouth will travel to Hampton on Saturday as well. Now, moving on to our Bracketology portion of this show. Uh, this will be the second look at, uh, on Bracketology. You know, put this out on Monday afternoon, which is what I'll be doing for the remainder of the season, as I said last week. Um, and, you know, we are just, Monday was 34, so what are we, 33 days away now from Selection Sunday. Um, and uh, the uh, picture looks kind of just as hazy. Um, you know, there's a lot of lacrosse left to be played. We've got, what, three, four, uh, no, four weeks left in the season, practically uh, four or five weeks, and, and, and there's a lot of lacrosse left to be played. Uh, before we get into this, again, want to mention how things work. So there's a 17-team bracket for the NCAA tournament. You have nine automatic qualifiers. Those are your conference champions from the America East, the ACE on the Atlantic 10, the Big East, the CAA, the Ivy League, and the Patriot League. Remember, the ACC does not have an automatic qualifier because they don't have the requisite number of teams, which is six. They have five since uh, Maryland left the conference. The NEC, the SOCON, disbanded after last season. The A-10 came in. That moves the uh, tournament back down to just one play-in game. That play-in game will be the lowest two automatic qualifiers, lowest two ranked automatic qualifiers, OPI speaking, and all of those metrics there. Those two teams will play to uh, earn the right uh, to play the number one seed in the first round. So as of right now, and again, these numbers are from Monday. So these numbers may not be as accurate now with these Tuesday games already having been played. Uh, but right now, the and some of these are, are, are very similar to what it looked like last week. Right now, you look at the America East, and Bryant is the projected automatic qualifier. They've got a 7-2 record. They're 3-0 in conference play. 23 RPI rank, 56th strength of schedule. And the ASUN 
It's looking like Utah, and they control that conference right now. Uh, they're five and four overall, four and zero in conference play, beating Robert Morris. beating Jacksonville last week. They've got Robert Morris this weekend. Uh, Twenty one RPI, thirty five strength of schedule. UMass is looking like the team right now in the Atlantic Ten. Although I will tell you, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, I I don't like I, I don't think I think this is the one where you're looking at it here um, as a projected, uh, probably the, the, the one projection that is probably not going to stick. Um, the second would probably be, uh, you know, of, of this would probably be Bryant, where I think Vermont still very well, well, well could take that. Um, I think it was Bryant, Vermont, and Binghamton are all three, you know, in conference play, if I'm not mistaken, at this point um, in, in the America East. Uh, but look, UMass, they're 19 in the RPI, 21 in the strength of schedule, uh, 1-0 for UMass, St. Joseph's, and High Point in league play. Uh, UMass is 6-3 and three on the season overall. In the Big East, Georgetown, um, and, and this is another one where I would say I think is, is going to be interesting as well because you do have Villanova out there also, a highly ranked team in Villanova. Uh, but Georgetown's playing some great lacrosse right now. They got the big win over Denver over the weekend. They're now five and three in they're now five and three overall, one and zero in conference play. They're number eight in the LPI, eighteenth strength of schedule. And the Big Ten, um, I, I you know, I don't remember a time, and I've been doing these since twenty twenty one. They also did one in twenty nineteen as well. Um, these bracketology posts, um. I don't remember a time when I didn't put Maryland, just pencil on Maryland, as the Big Ten projection um, each week. Um, and, and it's very odd not to see that. Um, but we're seeing Johns Hopkins. We are seeing Johns Hopkins, and, and they're having a fantastic season. 9-3 and three overall. You are 2-0 in conference play right now with the you know, win over Rutgers over the weekend. You beat Michigan two weeks ago. Number five in the RPI, and they've got the number two strength of schedule in the country. In the CAA, another conference where kind of anything can happen, uh, but it looks to be Delaware's conference to lose right now. Seven and two overall, three and zero in conference play. I believe, and and I don't have the standings in front of me. I believe we pull this up real quick. I believe they're the only team still unbeaten in league play. I could be mistaken on that, but I believe that is correct. Okay, no, that's, that is not correct. You have, well, okay, Drexel and Stony Brook. Okay, okay. I thought one of those teams might have been, but okay, both are. Both are. But Delaware, 29 in the RPI right now, 64 strength of schedule. They're looking at the top team in that league. In the Ivy League, no surprise to you, Cornell. Is the projected favorite at this point? They're seven and one, one of the top teams in the country. Three and zero in conference play. Number four OPI, number seventeen strength of schedule. In the MAC, the wacky MAC, and things are getting wacky there. Uh, this is the only conference where the projection, the the projected favorite or winner has a loss in conference play so far. Uh, Manhattan is seven three overall. They're four and one in conference play. 44 RPI, 73 uh, strength of schedule. I actually thought 
So Manhattan loses to Marist over the weekend. And I thought after that happened, I was like, well, you know, Bracketology-wise, we're probably going to have some movement on the MAC projection. We don't have that. Manhattan's still number one in the RPI, and they're still sitting there atop the MAC standings. In the Patriot League, we have Army, 8-1 uh, and one overall, 5-0 and in conference play, 12 RPI, 43 strength of schedule. Army's looking like the best team in the Patriot League at this point. I don't see um I don't see them faltering uh to to any other team uh than Boston U. I mean Loyola and Lehigh could probably have a say in that, but I don't see them faltering to any other team than Boston U. Navy could also have a say in that as well. Uh but in terms of postseason. I think those are the only only Boston U's the only real threat to them um in terms of getting there. Now, I could be completely wrong on that. We could see Loyola get this AQ and, you know, whatever. But it it, it it's a fun league as always and uh usually starts to cannibalize itself about this point in the season. Moving on to the at-large selections, again, you have you know, nine AQs. You have eight at-large selections here. Um, and, and, and I'm just going to read off these teams. So I've I've uh, put up here right now 16 teams that like are in the hunt for that. Um, and, and so he, he, here's them. And there, there are some teams on this that are not on this list that I do think by the end of this week, by the end of the next two weeks, are gonna be end up are gonna end up on here, and there's also some teams on here that probably won't, and and there are some teams here obviously that will have to win their conference to get the AQ, or, or to or will have to win the conference, get the AQ to get in. Um, so we have Duke, Notre Dame, Virginia, are all three ACC teams. They're one, two, three in the RPI as of uh, Monday, and they both look very safe to be getting in. Maryland at 8-3, and three, they're number six in the RPI. They look fairly safe as well. So that's four teams right there. So those are your, like, first four in when you're looking at the at-large. Your last four in right now are looking to be you know, North Carolina, Penn, Penn State and Rutgers. Those are looking to be your last four teams in. Rutgers is maybe the most surprising to me at this point. They are 0-2 in conference play. They are still playing very good lacrosse. Like the only losses they have on their record are not bad at all. Um, you have Ohio State. You have Johns Hopkins, and you have Army. Neither of those losses are particularly bad. Now you've got Michigan, Maryland, and Penn State to end the season here. Uh, your, your final three weeks, I, you know, Rutgers is interesting. Is this going to be another situation where Rutgers shoots themselves in the foot? Because we've seen it before. We've seen it with Rutgers. We've seen it with Ohio State. Both of these programs over the past, you know, seven, eight years have consistently would 
you know, start very good and then shoot themselves in the foot in conference play or like nearly in conference play. I don't know. But Rutgers is certainly interesting. Um, and the Big Ten overall, as, I'm, I've, as I've mentioned and alluded to the past couple of weeks, very interesting conference here. Now, one thing I do want to mention among these like top eight here that I just mentioned, only one Ivy League team. Only one Ivy League team. And right now, I have the Ivy League projected at one or two bids, as well as the Patriot League at one or two bids um, right now. Now, moving to these, um, the, 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 these like next four, uh, like, like the last, the first four out, we're looking at Loyola, Ohio State, Michigan, Yale as your uh, four, first four out. And they all kind of have similarities. So Loyola started obviously very strong and hasn't really looked the same since February. Ohio State, they've got the one like big win over North Carolina. And they've got the win over Rutgers, but other than that, like I don't, I, I don't really know what this team has been. It, it, it's very, it's very strange. They they've had blowout losses. They've it, it it's been very strange. And then another one over the weekend as well. This is an Ohio State team that is certainly not as good as I expected them to be at all. They're five and five right now. Um, Michigan. Five and four, I'd say they are of this group probably in the best situation to play themselves in. If they beat Rutgers here on uh, Good Friday, and then who else? Um, you know, they already played. They already played Maryland, and they got that Maryland win, which is going to help them very much. So, and I think you know, if if Michigan wins out, which they very they very much could. Rutgers, Penn State, Ohio State. If they went out, they end the they end this uh, regular season with a uh, what would that be a four and one record in conference play and a eight and four record overall. I mean that's the best season in program history. Even if they do that, they probably still get in as an at, as an uh, as an at large and don't have to win. The Big Ten. Now, if they lose maybe two of those three games, which is also possible, they, they're going to be in a situation where they have to win the conference, most likely. Yale. Yale is 4-4 four and four now. Uh, they were 3-4 and four when I did this uh, article. They're 4-4 four and four now after today's win. I, I really don't see it. I really don't see Yale being able, like, they're going to have good numbers. They're going to have good RPI, SOS, all of that because of who they play. But I don't see them being able to, the way they're playing right now. And maybe maybe tonight was a turning point. I don't know. Um, but it, it's going to be tough for them to get back into the group here. Uh, 0-3 in conference play, I, I, I just don't see it. I just don't see this team and look why they are the uh, the first team out overall. Um, then these these next four teams here I have is Denver, Villanova, Lehigh, Jacksonville. Um, with the exception of Villanova, I would say, I think all of these teams probably have to win their conference. And 
that's probably the same case with Villanova as well. So before we get into the uh, projected bracket here, I want to go over uh, kind of bid com- bids by conference. So ACC, I have them at four bids right now. The Big Ten with three or four, depending on how things go. Big East with two. Patriot League, one or two. Ivy League, one or two. And then the America East, the ASUN, the A10, the CAA, and the MAC all have them with just one. All right, so let's move to this bracket here. And again, like last time, if you are watching on YouTube, I'm putting the bracket up here at this point so you can watch and see it yourself. So I have number one seed Duke at this point in the season. We have Delaware, the CAA champ, playing Manhattan, the MAC champ. Moving down the line here, we have number eight, Georgetown out of the Big East, playing an unseeded Penn State. Then we have a number five, Johns Hopkins out of the Big Ten, playing Penn. We then have a number four, Cornell, out of the Ivy League, playing Rutgers, and that is the top half of the bracket right there. We have a number three Virginia team playing Bryant out of the America East. Be a good rematch that 2021 um, first round game that we got there between those two. Uh, and that's the first game. We're now on the bottom half of the bracket. First game, the bottom half. We have number six Maryland playing Army out of the Patriot League. And then we have number seven, North Carolina, playing UMass out of the A-10. We have number two, Notre Dame, playing Utah out of the A-Sun as the uh, final game there in the bracket down there at the very bottom. So that's how things are looking right now. Again, a lot could change over the next three, four weeks, and certainly it will, uh, but it will be... Uh, just as interesting, just as excited, as exciting to follow as these uh, first eight weeks of the season have been. All right, y'all, that is it for today's episode. As always, thank you all for tuning in. You can listen to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast. You can also watch on YouTube as well. Don't forget, you can hit the, hit the sc- subscribe button. Hit the like button. Leave the five-star reviews where you can. All those ways help us grow the show. You can connect with us on social media, at Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season.